A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Making Womb the podcast. I'm Holly DeCruz and I'm Eileen Morrison. So, let's get straight into introducing ourselves. Illy, who are you? Oh, well, that's a that's pretty loaded, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Take the floor. I'm Eileen Morrison. Um, but you'll hear Holly refer to me as Illy a lot and that is absolutely fine for you to refer to me as Illy as well. Um, I am a midwife a hypnobirthing teacher and a mother of one. Um, I'm based in Norfolk. Um, I also facilitate birth debriefs, which um, basically is what I do most of the time. Um, and that works in sort of exploring our birth experiences and our birth choices. Um, and so it's similar, it sort of ties into what we're doing here. Yeah, that's about me. Who are you? Um, so I'm Holly. You um, can find me on Instagram at the Yes Mum Mum. So I am a hypnobirthing teacher as well. I have a company called the Yes Mum Birth Project. I wrote a book called Your Baby, Your Birth, which was published in 2018. And my second book, Motherhood Your Way, has just been published. Um, and that focuses on the first year of your baby's life and how you can enjoy it more and worry less. I'm also a mum, so I have a 10-year-old called Oscar and a two-year-old called Cosmo, and I'm a stepmom as well. And I live with my partner, Simon, in London, and our two really annoying dogs. So I think it's probably a good moment to kind of talk about how we got together, how, how, this, how, this, <laughs> how this happened. Um, and... I'm going to tell it the way that it actually is and Holly might tell it a different way. Um, I was really hoping you were going to take the lead on this. <laughs> so I used to work at a really busy South London hospital and I um, followed Holly on Instagram because she, well, I, in fact, I think I followed her before she was pregnant, but just because I thought, oh yeah, she's cool, whatever. Um, and then she got pregnant with um, with Cosy, and I was thinking well, could you imagine I might actually meet her because she lives round near the hospital that I work at. That would be so cool, like fangirling in a really strange way that you do with people on Instagram. Obviously, that never happened. Fast forward, what, about 18 months, there was the death of George Floyd um, in May 2020. Um, Holly opened up her Instagram and invited people to share um, a post, black people to share a post, and um, I messaged her, would you mind, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I shared a post on her platform. And um, and I guess the rest is history. We, we kind of realised very quickly that we um, are similar. 
uh, there was a spark wasn't there there was, there was, there was most definitely a spark <laughs> and I was just like oh I knew it I knew it I just had to wait you know I was biding my time not being weird at all and I'd even avoided the hospital because of you <laughs> I was like, she didn't know it but that is definitely what she was doing <laughs> then I guess you can take over this bit yeah I mean I think it became apparent really quickly that every time we spoke we were completely on the same page about pretty much everything and I think that's a really refreshing thing. I don't think you find that particularly often. Um, And especially when it came to the whole motherhood conversation and the birth conversation, you know, you realise that what you're hearing is a lot of people just scratching the surface. And every time we spoke, we really got under it quickly. And that was, for me, really enjoyable. Um, and it happened really naturally. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to sit down and talk about this. It was just always where our conversation went. So I guess a podcast seemed like a kind of natural way to make that a bit more packaged. Yeah. I mean, we're just basically inviting you into our conversations. (laughs) Like it's literally (laughs) just like that. We would be having these conversations anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That's a nice way to think of it. We agree on most things, um, except the fact that she drinks like tea Um, which I just can't get behind. Um, But otherwise, you will hopefully find through listening to this that you agree with some things or that they make you think. Um, We're not here, like we said before, to try to force you to view things the way that we view them at all. Um, That isn't how motherhood works. Nothing is that binary. Um, It's not our way or no way. But we hope that through listening to what we say and, you know, our views on things, it makes you just reflect on how you see things. And even when, you know, we've spoken about lots of different things in the past, it's not even like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. It's just an alignment. It's just a similar way of looking at things, even if we don't necessarily know what the answer is. And I think that's what we want this podcast to be about, that it isn't knowing the answers it's about figuring out ways to get closer to what feels right for us and we can share that with other people exactly and I have one child I you know I don't know if I'll ever have more but I'm learning as I go and I think that that's what we're all doing you know each our road or our journeys through parenting they throw up different challenges and different questions and lots of different moments so I'm not here to to be the professional on parenting and I hope you'll hear that as well that I um, (laughs) am I cock up sometimes, you know, I think we all do. And it's about normalizing those conversations and normalizing those experiences. Um, And also looking at why we make those experiences, which ultimately we may still say, yeah, I'm still fixed on that. I know why I did it. And I still think that it's the right thing to do. Or it may be like, I come away because we'll come away reflecting the same way that we hope you do. And I'll come away and be like, hmm, actually come to think of it maybe I could have approached this differently. Yeah, reflection is definitely key for me. I think motherhood brings that up a lot. And it's like, oh yeah, hang on, why did why did I let that happen? Or why did I choose to do that? And I think that is so, I think it's such a positive thing to be able to have the space to reflect on your experiences. Um, and actually when we look at the birth conversation, so many people wait until they are pregnant or they've just had a baby to even think about motherhood or to even think about birth. And it's too late. It's, you you know, what we're trying to do is open up this conversation before birth. I read something the other day that was saying, oh, birth is the moment that a mother is born. And I thought, oh gosh, I really respect this author 
but that's not true. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had to think, is it true? Because we do have this thing and there's a lot of talk about, you know, when a baby's born, a mother's born, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, I think actually that happens long before the birth. Yeah. For some, it happens as they grow up. They, you know, they really envision themselves becoming mothers and they think about it um, throughout their, their lives. And for others, it's that those two lines on that pregnancy test. And from that moment, they're mothers. And from the moment yeah. that they have to start making choices, uh, because that happens very quickly. You know, it's it's very, very quickly, you're having to decide on what really matters mm. and what matters to you, what's important, what will impact your life as a couple, what will impact your children's lives, where you live, what you eat, what you wear, where you go, all of those things. And then, you know, as we progress through pregnancy, those decisions are different and they might become more medical about where you give birth or whether to take a medication or, you know, things like that. But I think those decisions start well before the birth of your child, most mm. definitely. And I really like exploring that, really like to yeah. think, why, why do we do these things? Why can we, what makes us make these decisions mm. and what do they really mean? Yeah. I mean, we live in a culture as well that is ridiculously reactive like everything is a reaction. Oh, we've had a baby. Now we'll think about how I'm going to feed it. You know, why aren't we thinking about that like a year before? It's so, we're so last minute with everything, which means that everything does become this knee jerk reaction rather than a well-informed or deeply thought out or considered choice. Um, it's the same with kind of something I've seen a lot recently is newborn sleep conversation. We have this expectation that our babies are just meant to sleep or be in a routine and it's like when we have a baby we're freaked out that they don't but why aren't we considering that sooner you know understanding more about newborn sleep and that's just one thing I'm just using it as an example but we've become obsessed by it because it feels like something we can control when actually if we linked these things together and looked at the bigger picture of what newborn normal newborn behavior is, you know, what our expectations around sleep are, how we prioritize productivity over rest, you know, so many things inform our reality. And actually, we have to start looking at them in good time um, and realizing how linked they all are. You know, there was a reason that when we decided to start this podcast, it was about exploring the impact of our before birth experiences because everything we've gone through in our lives informs the type of parent we are, everything. And whether or not, whether you think you become a mum, you know, when you see that positive pregnancy test, when you give birth, it, it doesn't really matter. Whenever it happens, your whole life experiences have informed your onward one. You know, and I think that is a really important place to start. Um, and also that some of that is a very difficult conversation. Most of it is a very difficult conversation. We are going to be having, we're going to be talking about tricky subjects on here that actually we don't think about particularly often. So I think there's a, there's something to be said for, am I ready to have these conversations? Am I ready to make these reflections, these considerations? Or am I not? Do I feel like I'm going to be too triggered or, and that's Okay. Yeah, I think we often say um, we're triggered by things, you know, mm. triggered by conversations, triggered by behaviours, etc. And I, I'm actually going to put it as a question. Is being triggered by something always 
something that we should go away from? Yeah, that's a good question. Is it is it that, oh, I'm triggered, let's just switch it off. I'm going to leave. Exactly, because that's the easy thing to do. And yeah. gosh, you know, sometimes it's the most appropriate thing to do. Yeah, but it's self-preservation. Exactly. I can't right now, I don't have space, I don't have capacity, yeah. my cup's full, and that's fine. Yeah. But sometimes... When we are triggered by something and it causes us to react, it's a moment that we need to just sit with that. Yeah. You know, both of us have social media accounts where people respond. They they react, sorry. They react rather than respond. So it's an immediate, oh, she says something I don't like. Mm. I'm going to just tell her how wrong she is, (laughs) you know, or Mm. how um, that wasn't fair or how, what my views are on it. Rather than saying, okay, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to listen and then I'm going to reflect and I'm going to see why I was bothered by it and what my viewpoint is mm. in in time. You know, we start in, in real time. Everything now wants us to be so instant. Right now, there yeah. you go. Yeah, do this, post it. Do, do, yeah, and go, for you to take, quickly yeah, decide go. how you feel about something. Exactly. And to also be fixed. And once you've decided, no matter what, yeah, stick to it. Like that's your viewpoint. It's like, exactly. you know, you, we have to get used to changing our direction or our position or our belief when we were challenged on it. Like, okay, if this makes me feel uncomfortable, why do I feel uncomfortable with it? Yeah. Is it because it really doesn't sit right for me or is it because it's unearthing something that I haven't wanted to look at before now? And what could that mean? And motherhood is that changing your mind. Birth is that changing direction, listening, learning, experiencing. It is just that. Like Mm. we can't be so rigid in everything. Like, oh no, but I said that I was going to baby Lidween, but oh gosh, did I give a puree? It's okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Do you know what? I really found that when I um, was having Cosmo, because when I had Oscar 10 years ago, I planned a home birth and had an emergency section. And next time around, I was like, you know what? I've got eight years experience in the bag. I'm absolutely getting my home birth this time. This is mine for the taking. And I didn't even consider that I wouldn't have a home birth. And then when I was in labor, um, I, he, he'd basically been changing positions. He'd been going from transverse to breach all over the place from 37 weeks, which is just so strange. Um, and Then I had a really high temperature in labour, which meant I had to go to hospital and then things went great and I had to have another unplanned C-section. And for a moment, I was just so bereft. I was like, no, that's, that wasn't the plan. Like, no way that, how can that have happened? I've done everything to get my home birth. And then in like about a couple of hours after his birth, when I was in recovery and I was holding him and I think Simon had gone to get a drink or something. And I was just looking at him thinking, oh, oh yeah, like I'm such an idiot. <laughs> like, Why wasn't I paying attention to the unknowns? You know, this is what you're here to teach me, little child. Like this is, you're trying to remind me that best laid plans are just one tiny thing and that we don't have control over everything, that, you know, we have to let ourselves be taken in, in different directions um, and surrender to the unpredictability, to the vulnerability, to the changing situations that you know are always happening and afterwards I was so grateful for his birth because I really think if I'd had a home birth I would have thought okay look this is all going to plan this is cool like I'm good yeah and and yeah like I'd like one at it 
Yeah. And actually having that taken away from the moment of his birth just made me surrender. Yeah. And I had such a bloody beautiful experience of it because I was just like, okay, cool. You lead the way. I'll follow. And it was so like affirming to me because I hadn't done that first time around. I was just, you know, really needing to be in control. And thanks to Cosmo's birth, I was like, no, it's cool. You're, you're, you lead. I'll follow. Yeah. It was so empowering. And it's funny because I was the kind of opposite. Um, I was very much like, yeah, I'm going to have this home birth. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I was really chill about it though. I wasn't like married to the idea of a home birth. I was just like, gosh, I just can't be bothered to have to leave my house. And like, you know, <laughs> that that was what really did it for me. I'm low risk. I'm fine. It's what I want. Uh, but I just was lazy. You know, I, was like, I wanted the ease of it. I wanted to be at home. I knew that's where I was comfortable it was October, like it was cold, mm. you know, I did, I don't like hospitals. Um, and so I just thought, yeah, that's fine. I'll have my home birth. It's whatever. Um, and when I transferred in, I remember suddenly all these feelings because we really, I definitely, and I'm sure many can relate. I have this thing as I think out of fear of being wrong and then fe- feeling embarrassed about that. I mask it in humour or in like a very relaxed, like, yeah, I just want this home birth so that I can be at home. And deep down, there were many layers to that decision. And it was, I I genuinely wanted to be at home. And so when I was forced to leave, that was the beginning of a very negative experience. Um, The beginning of things being taken away from me. And I didn't, I'd underestimated how it would feel to be robbed of something that I really wanted. But what that basically caused was when, when she was born via cesarean section, um, I'll save that story for another day, but that caused me to be very much like, right, you took that away. You took away my choice to have my home birth. Well, you're not taking anything else away. I'm going to breastfeed even though my milk supply is low and even though I'm having to pump and get her on and do all of this annoying stuff that happens with infant feeding that no one likes to warn us about. Um, and I, I was like, I'm going to control every moment of this because that control was stolen from me then. And it took me until I would say around six weeks um, to surrender. Mm. And when people ask me now, what would you say is the most important thing to do when you have a baby? And it's to surrender. Yes. You know, you give in to them. They are teaching us. We are learning through them. We just need to allow them. Mm. Just drop everything else, quieten down the noise. And it doesn't make you weak. No, it doesn't. It, in fact, is the opposite. Yeah. It is so empowering to go, teach me. Yeah. Show me. It really is. Let me give you what you need. And when I did that, and for me, it came in a moment of, I'd, I I was staying with my mum and my siblings had been in and out of the house. I'm one of eight. And they'd all been around and come to meet her and lots of different things. And Omar had been at home for a while. Um, and I had people around all the time. And then my mum went back to work. And gradually my siblings stopped coming so much because they all live across the country. And um, I was by myself with her and I had really, really psyched myself up for this time by myself with her. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. 
do you know it was three hours by myself by the way like I you can you can just tell just how comfortable I'd become with that support which is mm. not a problem we should all have support and we should all be comfortable with needing that that's okay mm. um but I become very comfortable in fact very reliant on it and so when everyone left I thought bollocks now I've got to look after this kid by myself um and she was crying and she didn't stop crying. And I was holding her in like a really jerky, you know, that kind of hold that you do. And you're just like, no, just you're be quiet, off. just be quiet. Yeah. Come on, tap their bum a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. like, what the bloody hell do you want? <laughs> it was lots of that. And um, nothing was working. And she, she is so loud. <laughs> and she is still so loud. And one of a, a, a trigger for me throughout my, my traumatic birth has is noise. I really struggle with noise and I'm very, I've, I've become very sensitive to like a loud cry or shouting or anything. Anyway, so she wouldn't be quiet. And I thought I'm by myself. I can't do this for, for a long time. And I had a sling in a box under the stairs. I'd never used it. And uh, I just thought, you know what? I need to get this kid like quiet I need to free my hands and I put her in this sling I opened my shirt I put her in 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 this sling and I just took one deep breath and I I genuinely can tell you that that felt like the breath of surrender Hmm. I took one deep breath and I was like we're good and I she rested she turned her cheek to the side and she just rested on my chest well that's giving me goosebumps (laughs) we stayed like that for two hours I was so calm and I kept kissing her head and stroking her hand and her little feet. And I was like, it's just me and you kid. Like I'm getting yeah. to know you. Let's, let's do this. And let me tell you, she didn't leave that sling for about 15 bloody months. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it was just our thing. It was what she needed. She wanted that closeness. She wanted to be held. And I had to give in to that. And I'm very grateful. And I know that a lot of people don't have that same privilege of being able to stay at home and be with their children and, and you know, have lots of skin to well, skin. Well, also, we don't, we don't have a society that encourages mm, it. Exactly. Or facilitates it in any way. It's like, get them in the cot, get them out of your beds, do this, that and the other. <laughs> yeah. And it's really sad because it does such a disservice to the to those intricacies, those simple kind of things that babies need and that mothers need as well. You know, we're we're sold on this idea that mums need baby groups and they need coffees with friends and they need a cool pram to push around the blocks. It's, that it's all about getting out there and, and showing up and being present. And actually, I think especially in those first couple of weeks or first tri- uh, fourth trimester even, um, so much of it is just about logging out of the world I really felt that second time around I just logged out of the world Mm. for three months and again it's a privilege to be able to do that but it shouldn't be a privilege to do that that's what we should be facilitating and providing and emotionally encouraging for women not that that's you being lazy or you being kind of reclusive or or even just like it's like a running joke of oh are you gonna get dressed today it's like no yeah I'm not Because what's yeah, the need those... for me to get dressed? Yeah. Oh, I brushed my hair today. Like, it's okay so, if you did it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, fine. You know, we yeah. don't need to glamorize the the hustle and yeah. the the kind of constant the juggling movement of, of motherhood yeah. is like this thing that everyone 
is aspiring to, but not even they know why. Yeah. You know, why is it that I feel that I should be doing this? Yeah, why, totally. You know, why is it that I feel that she should be in a routine? Or why is it that I feel like she should be in her own bedroom? Or why is it, you know, all of these kind of questions. And that's, you've hit the nail on the head there, because it is that. It's like, I don't even know why I think this should be happening. And that is the point of this podcast, I think, because it's, well, why do I think that? Where are these subconscious beliefs coming from? Why do I think I'm being lazy when I have a sleep in the middle of the day? Why am I made to feel this way? Um, you know, even if rationally, you know, what you feel intuitively and then what you rationalise can so often be two different things. Part of it is just really normalising healing, normalising recovery, yeah. normalising postpartum normal behaviors yeah. you know I had people close to me ask me like why are you napping when she naps <laughs> like when yeah. she was like six months old I'm like well because I want to you know because yeah. I feel that that is what I need and it's giving people the confidence to say I'm giving in to what I need mm -hmm. and the reality is we're exploring the pre-birth experiences but also what we do in the past affects what happens in the present And it continues on like that. Yeah. So all the linked. decisions that we make when we have our children, when we're older, we'll have they'll have an impact. And they'll have an impact on them. Yeah, exactly. But whether you treated your body the way you needed to after you'd gone through this massive transition of having a baby, whether you were facilitated to really explore your mental health and and your feelings around things, whether you were listened to, whether you were heard, whether you were coerced, all of those things will come out sometime as you raise your child or children. Mm -hmm. And they come out in ways that you don't even realize. They manifest themselves. It might be in like, you know, how you raise them. You know, this particular type of control that you want to have in how you look after your children, how you feel about certain things or decisions being taken away from you that may seem minute, when standing alone, but because everything is interlinked, it's all, it's not just about that one moment where someone told yeah. you what to do. And it all becomes compounded. Yeah. I remember when I had Cosy, I spent the first week in bed, actually probably the first 10 days in bed, and then another week downstairs on the sofa. And I didn't do the school run for at least two weeks. And it was, it was bloody blissful. <laughs> it, was it was so nice. And it was really funny because after, um, when I then started doing the school run again, some of the mums were like, oh, we never thought we we're going to see you again. Like in a, in a, not in a nasty way, but like in a jovial kind of jokey, wow, you've had a lot of time off. And it was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, I was just resting. They're like, oh, lucky you. Lift. And it felt really, it felt really kind of um, a bit spiky. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, if only we all had the luxury of someone else doing the school run or it felt like an attack that I had prioritized that. Yeah. And it wasn't that that just happened. It wasn't like everyone was like, oh, how, let's all do the school run for Holly. It was like, right, what can I put in place um, to to meet, to facilitate this? What do I need to put in place? So that might've been like five weeks of planning on who was going to do the school run when my mum could help out or, you know, if I could do some favours for other people so that then they could return the favour of, of picking Oscar up. There was loads to it, but it was just seen as this kind of flippant indulgence. Um, and I think, you know, I would never say, it didn't feel like those women were attacking me at, at all, but 
somewhere in there, there's that kind of clipped like attack. It, this is that thing that when I referred to at the beginning about being triggered by something mm. or something creating an emotive response, whether or not you can realize why you felt even the need to make any comment. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at that. Why did I feel, where did that come from? Did it come from the fact that yeah. I wasn't afforded that same thing? Did it mm. come from jealousy? Did it come from my own ideals around birth? Did it come from the fact that I had a really terrible experience and didn't get any of that? And and feel sad. And I feel sad, exactly. Mm. And all of those things are okay. Exactly, exactly. But they do make you act a certain way. They make yeah. you say certain things. They make you believe certain things. And so it's about looking at all of those things. And then for anyone that's pregnant or thinking about having more babies or whatever, or thinking about having their first baby, contingencies are really important. Prioritizing what matters to you is really important. Mm. And it's okay, whatever that is, what matters to you does not have to be the same thing that matters to so-and-so down the road. It's mm. your choice. It's your birth. Yeah. And it's you that can plan these things. And that might take money. It might take real preparation. It might take organization. It might take all of those things, but it's really up to you. Yeah. You don't have to explain yourself. To anyone. I do think we have this... Um, this kind of toxic pressure to explain ourselves. Oh, well, I could only do that because I'd done this. I just did that. Because I wanted to. And it's, and it's <laughs> you know, I always, something I always say is one person's experience or opinion isn't a criticism on yours. Yeah. So if I've chosen to do something, that doesn't mean I'm criticising the way you've chosen to do it. But on the whole, I think women especially feel that way because we are always set against one another. We are always in competition. We are always driven by this masculine energy that we just don't have, that we don't exist in, but we're forced to kind of um, adapt around. And actually it doesn't allow that breathing space for hearing rather than reacting. Hmm. It doesn't. There's no space for it. And I think it's the trap a lot of us fall into. I've certainly fallen into that loads of times where someone's done something. I'm like, oh, right, it's all right for you. And they're like, Holly, <laughs> I have to have a word Check with yourself. myself. Check yeah, yourself. but I do. It's like, wow, okay, that's that's triggered me. But, you know, 10 years ago, and that would have just hijacked a relationship or hijacked a friendship. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, oh, I, I need a breather. I need a, I need to work out where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, and actually having the courage to do that without knowing it, it doesn't make you a bad person. We all have reactions. We all have experiences and, um, you know, feelings about things that are sometimes painful yeah. and that's normal. And what I'd really love to do in this podcast is, is normalize it. As you say, normalize these very, uh, difficult and ever changing emotions and feelings and experiences and look at how linked they are from when we're children ourselves to when we mother our children. Definitely. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The How's Your Father podcast returns after a fantastic first season that included the likes of Russell Kane. No one's man is trying to suggest that what a man does is 1% of the ravages of a female's body being overtaken by its alien host. And Doc Brown. Everybody here is complaining about money and how expensive it is to have kids and whatnot. They're like, well, you shouldn't have had us. <laughs> so it's your fault. We are back and it's not just dads who want to chat. Here's Jade Adams. We never gave mum any credit, but dad did his tagliatelle on a Sunday and we used to go, oh, dad's tagliatelle. (laughs) (laughs) The How's Your Father podcast is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, the Acast app. In fact, wherever you get your podcasts. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. It's a really exciting thing to be doing, um, to Mm. be kind of inviting you all into these conversations. You know, we're both parents. Like I said at the beginning, we're both navigating this this rocky road of mm. of that kind of competition and the pressures and the justifying our behaviors and our mm. actions we we you know there are times when people will ask me what I'm doing and I feel like I really have to explain it and then there are other times where I'm like <laughs> nah I don't fancy telling you and yeah. that's okay you can choose like yeah. it is all fluid motherhood it's it's fluid like you just yeah. move okay so you do things one day and, and you, you, and you can choose what to give you your can, attention to exactly and what you give your energy to and who you yeah. give it to and who you surround yeah. yourself by there are certain things that you can control that you aren't necessarily told that you can control them like you know yes. everything is just this kind of status quo you 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 are going to go to the mum groups even though for you yeah. that mum group is toxic and it doesn't make you feel good but you are going to go because that's what everyone's doing and that's what you should be doing you know and you're failing if you're not and you're failing if you're not exactly so all of these things it's like questioning them and saying actually i'm i'm going to just make a decision for me and i mm. I'm not really going to even tell anyone about it. I'm just going to do it. Because it doesn't affect anyone other than me and my child. Exactly. Like no one, you know, no one is going to be hurt. No one, you know, Mm. it's just you prioritizing yourself, which is something that we are taught not to do. You know, as a mother, you suddenly, all of your energy and all of your being has to be into this child. And part of that surrendering 
like we spoke about before, is surrendering to your own needs. You surrender to them, but very quickly you realise that your needs often align when you truly surrender. Yeah, and are totally linked. They are linked. It's like they're telling you rest. You're saying, I'm going to rest. Like, yeah. And then you realise, oh God, well, this rest feels pretty damn good. <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah. go for a walk, get some fresh air. Baby needs fresh air, yeah. but you probably need fresh air too. Like mm-hmm. it is just the two of you navigating it together yeah. and learning and responding to one another. And we're, we're taught so much about not responding. Yeah. And just kind of doing what we should be doing. And it's like, well, actually, they usually tell us what they need. But I mean, it's compliance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's just another, it's just another strain of compliance. Like, this is how you be a mum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are the things you need to do to be a fun mum, an earth mum, a, a posh mum, you know, whatever mom. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But it's like, which one are you going to be? Yeah. And you've got to commit. You've got to commit. Like you can't yeah. change your mind. And you've got and to you walk know. the walk and talk the talk. Mm-hmm. And when I had Oscar, I th- think in his first year, we must have done about 50 different bloody baby groups. I mean, we went to baby swimming. We did baby sign. We did baby ballet. We did we did every single, every single day I took into something like, like rhyme time at the library with Cosmo. I don't do anything <laughs> until he was like one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're not taking him to any groups. I was like, oh, I just can't really be bothered. Like, I'd rather just hang Chill. out with him. Yeah. 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 And I realised that he wasn't going to lose anything by not going to those things. You know, I think there's so much pressure on, yeah, but, you know, he won't get to socialise. It's like, he's six months old. <laughs> he, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't need care. friends. Like, <laughs> he just needs he my boobs. Even That's remember what he cares you. about. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. But but it's fine if you want to go to that. And, and I think, actually, I did need to do that when I had Oscar because I didn't have very many friends who had children, so it was good for me. But second time around, I was like, oh, I just don't really need that right now um and it's not what i'm feeling and it's and getting used to changing direction or changing your mind yeah you know not everything has to be scripted and i think you know i was speaking about surrendering when they're babies but it doesn't stop you don't just stop surrendering because they can speak or whatever and i i again like caught myself because Isan speaks like she is, I don't even know, like she has full-blown conversations. and oh, it's amazing. I, I thought... She blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it blows mine too. Um, <laughs> I thought, like, once she's speaking, everything will become much easier, like it's fine. And I'd be like, but why are you crying? Like, what is happening? And she'd respond with, because I'm crying. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, right, well now... It's different. It's a different type of surrendering. It's like saying, yeah. I'm going to ask you what you need. Not why are you crying, not stop crying, but what do you need? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm still giving in. I'm still giving in. I'm still giving in. And, and it's like, even like people will be like, why don't you just, you know, let's say like parents, for example, like my parents, like Caribbean, like old school parents. And they're just like, take that child out this room <laughs> or like just 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 give her something or you know it's very like yeah. and that was my upbringing that you know yeah and that's okay it's not a judgment on them it's just like that was what that was and they, they sometimes think all of this chat all of this back and forth explain your feelings blah blah blah. they're yeah. like how have you even got time for that like yeah. this is ridiculous <laughs> um and, you know, you're up against that. And I know for a lot of people, they're really up against it where like outside mm. forces are looking at them like they are 
an absolute clown. Um, yeah, and with judgment. With judgment, exactly. And it makes you feel like a bit ridiculous. But then it's like, I don't actually care. Like at the end of the day, when you all go home, I'm still here with this child. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's me, her and her dad, but it's us. None of you yeah. are here. So none of you are affected by what happens when we yeah. are having those moments and when I am trying to communicate with her and I get it wrong. Oh my gosh, yeah. there are times when I get it so wrong. And I realise like she'll be like, oh, crying, crying, crying. And I'll just like kind of, you know, pull her hand like come on let's go Mm. and then later on I'll be like what was the matter with you she'll be like my hand was hurting and I'm like oh crap oh (laughs) sorry sorry um I should have asked you there and then what was wrong with you but you know yeah but normalizing saying sorry as well yeah exactly you know of you know something that we're going to talk about more as we go through this series we've got an episode on kind of remorse regret apologies which is a really big deal and something we're not really taught how to do because I think certainly for our generation, it was like, well, your parents are always right. You don't challenge authority. You do as you're told. Like it's not heard. I mean, I if think. I'd have, yeah, and if I'd have challenged certain things, I'd have been so punished. I would have been really reprimanded for like, who do you think you are to yeah. challenge this or to say no to me? Yeah, and actually there's a certain amount of growth that happens in us surrendering to being wrong as well. Or surrendering saying, you know what? I messed up there. I'm sorry. I think that's a really important uh, muscle to develop. And it's like what you're saying with that experience that you've just talked about. And it's how that interweaves into every element of our journey from being pregnant. You know, it could be that you want a home birth, but your parents really don't want you to have a home birth and they're talking you out of it and they want you to have birth in hospital have your baby in hospital actually the only person equipped to make that decision is you and your partner or you really because you need to birth where you feel safe but we are so affected by other people's opinions and expectations and judgments and um the fear other people bring to our experiences you know, and then that carries on in birth. It carries on in new parenthood. It carries on when you're a parent of a 10-year-old, you know, it, it carries on. So the sooner we learn to grab hold of our responsibility for navigating it, the better. And it's, um, that's to me, you know, I'm looking forward to talking more about those, those types of topics, you know, they get, get yeah, me quite too. meaty, you know, yeah. really kind of. <laughs> when, when we think they're going to be difficult, we're like, oh yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, go on. <laughs> and like for me, oh, this when is going to be a think, hard week. This is good. Yeah, exactly. When I think that they're going to be a little bit contentious, I'm like, oh, go on then. Oh, go yeah. on. Let's just do it. Let's divide. Let's yeah, but I know what we'll be doing is, yeah, we'll be, but we will be playing devil's advocate on both sides. Mm-hmm. I feel really happy that we're going to be doing that because as we've said from the beginning, this isn't a one size fits all. This isn't, this is the right way. And this is the way you should do it. I don't want to be another voice like that because there's plenty of those. The world is saturated with that narrative. I want to be that. Oh, have you thought about that? Or have you thought about that? Or why do you feel like that? Yeah. Um, I want to be the big why bubble. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, what's really great is you can have the opportunity to, like we said, to engage with us through in, in our social media channels. We want to have these conversations. This is yeah. what really gets us excited, you know. Yeah. And if it's not to say that we don't think that the conversations about 
the the common conversations aren't important they have their place and lots of people are learning from them and if that's what you're learning from i i'm really happy for you because as long as you're learning from somewhere that's that's what matters as Mm. well um but it's like we want to just bring another layer to the conversations yeah and and welcome you in yeah exactly you know it's like what are what are you finding challenging what's keeping you awake at night what's dragging you down what are you finding hard tell us share it with us let's talk about it together um and it's a bit you know i know obviously our podcast is called is a bit of a play on words but it is making room for those conversations yeah it's creating space that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise get unless you you know take yourself to therapy regularly or whatever it is but it's you know we are here to make space for those conversations that you maybe you can't have elsewhere for various reasons so all that being said (laughs) next week we will address that often ignored resource within us called intuition what is it why do we ignore it what happens when we ignore it so please please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do get in touch thank you so much for listening goodbye bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.